Windows is back, baby. Happy Saturday, friends. Yes, not Friday, because Microsoft yesterday kind of threw me off my high horse or whatever you want to call it that I ride into the podcast studio uh, with their Windows 11 min spec update. So we had to get some content out about that. So this got bumped until Saturday, which brings us to the conversation this morning. As I just quickly noted, Microsoft has updated the Windows 11 minimum specs, and they're not changing a whole lot, if I'm honest. So at a, a high level or whatever here, it's still an 8th gen Intel chipset or newer, and it's still a Zen 2 chipset or newer from AMD, 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage, uh, secure boot, TPM 2.0, and that is basically what it is. Now, uh, the changes, because you might be saying, Brad, that's exactly what it was last time, because it is, but there are a few minor changes, and those minor changes are some, and I mean very few, some 7th gen chips if they're an X series, so like a 7900X will now natively support Windows 11. 11, and also Microsoft conveniently made the, I believe it's a 7820HQ chip, also baby to run Windows 11, which means that the Surface Studio 2 is now conveniently carved back into the supported category, and so there you go. Uh, but otherwise, nothing else is changing, so they added just a, a handful of chips, and for, I think for the most part most people won't be impacted by those changes. You're still either out or you're still either in, but uh, Microsoft is standing fast and, and they're holding their ground on that and that is what it's going to be. So there you go. Uh, other big Windows news of the week. Penos Panay got a promotion to the senior leadership team. And now the reason why this is big news is one, it's kind of surprising that he wasn't there considering he's running Surface and running Windows. But now that he is on that leadership team, we've kind of come full circle. Windows is back in the limelight of Microsoft. It's really crazy to think that Windows was not. I mean, it makes like $8 billion a quarter on average, something like that around there. And it didn't have a position on the senior leadership team. When Terry Meyerson left, it was removed. And it was sort of the duties were scattered apart between a couple different people and Windows just kind of waffled. And now it's back into Panos's hands where he's making delicious Windows 11 pancakes. I hope you got that breakfast food analogies in there. Uh, but anyways, that's a good thing because now there's direct relationship between the CEO and Windows and that is a good thing and that means Microsoft can actually hope or hopefully we see Windows you know pushed a little bit more positively and just good things happening I think Windows 11 is the a, a good first step and uh, hopefully there is much more to come on that uh, that little path there. Uh, Microsoft will no longer support Office apps on Android on Chrome OS. They will now be pushing you to using web apps. Not all that big of a surprise, but just keep that in mind if you're using a Chromebook and you're running those Android stuff and you've been using Office heavily. I can't imagine there's anybody using Chromebook and, and using Office apps heavily. Um, but if you are, you might want to think about running maybe like a Windows device or a Mac or something. Uh, might be a might be a little bit better experience. Not that the web apps are bad, but so for some people like myself, they don't necessarily have all the features or functionality or they're just not your cup of tea at the end of the day. Uh, on the security side, so there's a lot of security things that need to be talked about in the world of Microsoft because they had not a great week. Uh, let's be honest here. So uh, a misconfigured Power Apps portal setting exposed 38 million users. And so Microsoft has been making a big push and I believe earlier this year they changed the default setting that sort of exposed a lot of this power app data and that was just not a good thing for microsoft um, there were over a thousand web apps created and uh yeah that just was that wasn't not their finest work not their finest work um then 
following this, Microsoft, because uh, there was a security summit at the White House that I believe uh, Satya Nadella was there, Tim Cook, I believe Google and Amazon, all the big players were there. And Microsoft at this event said, hey, we are going to quadruple our, our cyber security investment to 20 billion over five years. So they got some great headlines like Microsoft, quad, I think it was quadrupling, yeah, quadrupling their investment in cybersecurity because that is the new digital frontier, the digital front lines, if you will. And then it was announced yesterday that there was a, a another cloud security vulnerability in uh, Azure. Now, I don't believe any customers were exposed through this, but a researcher was able to uncover a, a weakness in the Cosmos DB, which is sort of one core of the Azure Foundation. And so Microsoft had to go and inform a bunch of customers that this key was exposed because it's a two-party key, meaning Microsoft cannot change the whole key string uh, without the other party being involved. But they were notified on August 9th and it was fixed on August 12th. But this is just another security vulnerability that Microsoft has. The cloud one seemed to be less and it doesn't look like, like in this particular one with the Cosmos DB that there was any malicious uh, malicious you know, actors uh, exploiting this but it's just another thing that microsoft had to go publicly about this is hey there was a vulnerability it's now fixed but then you wheel the time clock back a few weeks and we had the printer spooler stuff you have this power app stuff and so microsoft has been kind of getting like a left hand and a right hand jab here uh, into the gut when it comes to security and then you get at this headline they're going to quadruple security budget well it's this is definitely one of those things where you know nine women can't have a baby in a month if you understand that analogy um, and so throwing more money at it doesn't necessarily fix the problem, but it's definitely potentially a good first step. Microsoft is also bringing uh, reading progress to Teams. This is a big thing in the education space. And so be on the lookout for that here coming in the near future. Now, on to the gaming news. There was there was quite a bit of it. So we had the security stuff and Windows stuff from Microsoft, um, which was more sort of on paper, if you will. And then there was Gamescom this week, which was a big gaming event in the gaming industry because why would Gamescom be in the productivity industry? Whatever, you guys hear what I'm saying. So here's... Here's the big announcements. Uh, Microsoft announced a wired headset. This is just like the Xbox headset that you, the wireless headset, but with a, a you know, Xbox green, I want to call it lime green, Xbox green wired uh, connectivity instead of being wireless. And so that'll be 60 bones coming in September, in which honestly, that's probably a pretty good value for entry level gaming, uh, I think across the board. Halo is officially coming December 8th, but we, as we now know, without co-op and without Forge, we also got our first look at a customized Elite Series 2 controller. It is launching, uh, I believe, in November, but it's a, a Halo, Inf Halo Infinite. I want to call it Halo Infinity. A Halo Infinite-themed controller. There's also a limited edition Halo-themed Series X. Uh, although you might have trouble getting them because last I looked, it looked like they were selling out really quickly and it's additional uh, 50 bucks. So the console is going to be 550 bones and then uh, the controller will be $200 deuce uh, if you're down in Australia. And actually it's just 200 bones as well. Uh, I don't know what's going to be priced in Australia. I don't know why I said that. Anyways, uh, there's also the Forza controller, which is your, your quote unquote standard controller for the Xbox the current gen, I should say, with the share button and everything else, uh, also was announced this week. The one disappointing thing about the Elite Series 2 Halo 1 is that it's not the next gen. It doesn't have the new, what is it called, DLI dynamic latency input functionality. It has not been added to it yet, and I'm still waiting for that to arrive on my own. Um, Psychonauts 2 is out. I am roughly halfway through that. Quake is out. Uh, Flight Sim is getting uh, visual updates, or I should geographic updates for Germany, Switzerland, Australia. But more importantly, they're going to be adding racing, a racing theme, a racing, I guess, sub-minigame 
game. I don't know how they're going to position this yet. Uh, to Flight Sim that I am super pumped to be looking at. Game streaming is also coming to coming to consoles uh, later this year. So I, I just like that's a lot of stuff. And the thing that kind of cracks me up here is despite the fact that we are now many months removed, almost a year removed from the launch of the consoles, Microsoft's still like really shoving stuff out the door. They didn't launch the consoles and then kind of lean back and be like, whew, we should take like a couple months. Like they've really just been sort of hitting it and they've been on a very good cadence lately of just getting content and, and noise-making events out the door. And so Gamescom obviously played into that uh, quite a bit, but there you go. Um, that is, those are the big highlights of the week. But as always, we are going to dive into the questions. And you should probably stay till the end for a little teaser, if you will. Um, but here we go. So, questions of the week. First one comes from NGC224. Anything you can say about the forthcoming Surface 2 Duo announcements? Or Surface Duo 2. Surface, Surface 2 Duo. Surface Duo 2 announcement. Um, it should be coming, uh, I, I want to say relatively soon. I mean, I believe it's launching this fall. Mike, I don't... I don't know if Microsoft's going to have a traditional hardware event. For a while, I was thinking that Microsoft, this might be their first in-person event. And then Delta, not the airline, who would probably wish the variant was named something else, showed up. And I don't think that they're going to have an in-person event. I could be wrong on that, uh, but I'll be looking at that here. I don't want to say sooner rather than later, but it's not too far off on the horizon, at least from my understanding. Uh, Bear says, do you think it's financially healthy to take out a loan so I can buy the Halo-related stuff this holiday I can't recommend that one, but it says, okay, a serious question. With the announcement of xCloud coming to consoles, will it be possible to play all out digitally owned games or just games available on Game Pass? Um, ooh, that's a good question because there's two different buckets here. So if you have a digitally owned game, it doesn't necessarily mean it's in Game Pass, but you can stream digitally owned games internally now, at least if you're on the insider stuff. So, um, no. So the way I understand it is the cloud streaming stuff on your console will only be games that are in Game Pass. I, well, that's a good question. Now that I think about it, because one of the demos that I have seen in previous whatever stuff uh, were game demos. And those may not necessarily be in Game Pass, but they would want to become available in game streaming. So I think we still kind of got to wait on this. The, my the thing we know for sure is that anything that's in Game Pass will definitely be able to stream. Um, if you have any games owned digitally locally, you can already stream those within your own internal network. The question becomes is, let's say Call of Duty Vanguard is a perfect example. That'll be uh, in not in Game Pass, but could it be streamed via xCloud? I, I suspect that may not be able to. And honestly, what I think it might come down to, I think it might come down to a case-by-case -case scenario. I... I fully expect, now that I think about this, Microsoft will get some data at some point that says, look, games that offer demos or can be streamed directly from the cloud are getting X buy-through rate or a better buy rate than games that can't be streamed. Not necessarily in Game Pass streaming, but games where people can go in and stream them down are getting improved buy rates. And then so Microsoft will then probably try to push them to Game Pass, but something like that, so... Uh, Mr. PKI says, Halo Infinite is everyone's favorite gaming topic this week. Do you... I think Halo Infinite will only be playable on the Xbox One via streaming, or will they make the game playable ooh, natively on the legacy console? Why did they not show anything at the conference this week? So here's a really interesting thought process. We know that there's some sort of hiccup going on with something with Halo, only because we know that co-op isn't coming at launch. We know that Forge isn't coming at launch. Read into that however much you want. If Microsoft comes out and says that Halo Infinite is only playable on last-gen consoles via streaming, I think that will be a huge sort of 
quake in the not the game quake like earthquake to the development process of this because clearly if that is the case that means that they just abandoned supporting the last gen console to get the current gen stuff out the door and if that scenario rings true that means like the development process was completely hosed and they were way further behind and so how did they fix that they said well last gen consoles you're not you're not playing um, natively you're going to be streaming so i don't we don't know yet as of right now microsoft is still saying officially that last gen consoles will be will be playing halo infinite but i will tell you right now if it is only available streaming that will be a pretty big uh, indicator of the true development process and chaos uh, of the service so that will be uh, that that'll be that'll be super interesting to watch why didn't they show any of the the first player the single player campaign this week that was a good question there was some write-ups about some things like about them talking about wanting to get the narrative right or something uh, i haven't read too much into it i still think that they should have shown a teaser uh, i mean the fact that it's launching december 8th some people are saying that they're doing this to avoid uh crossover with call of duty vanguard I don't know if I buy into that narrative personally. I don't know if I do. I think they were trying to push it to the very last possible minute, and that's why we're on the 8th. So, there you go. Uh, Will R says, Hey Brad, when do you think Microsoft will let us know about their decision on Intel 7th Gen? We already have the answer, Will. Thank you for asking this question, but it shows how kind of hot this stuff came in and why this podcast is happening on a Saturday. So, uh, Sydney2k says, so I watched your video this week about how cloud gaming is coming to consoles and it had me thinking all the pieces are finally coming together to realize the complete Microsoft gaming strategy. Is it, the, is it complete yet? If not, uh, what else needs to come into play? Well, there are some other things that need to come into play. I'll probably, I was thinking about doing a video on this next week to complete that narrative. Um, I'm going to point to the TV that you all can't see, or I can point to this TV. Uh, we still need the app installed pretty much natively on TVs that are shipping. Uh, we also need the streaming hardware and that would in complete i think the first major phase uh of rollout so uh, eternals shadow i says hello brad uh, my question to you is this knowing that games like halo forza gears state decay uh, state of decay and hellblade 2 will release on day one are those still considered exclusives or multi-platforms will we ever see hololens being part of the xbox console as an accessory thank you uh, so you got to remember that when microsoft says the word exclusive they mean exclusive to Microsoft platforms, which means Xbox and PC, and now honestly even potentially endpoints like uh, mobile devices, because you could make the argument that says like it's not exclusive to the console and the PC, because I look, I'm playing it on my phone, I'm playing it in my browser on my iPad, so it's exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem. So keep that in mind. Um, Hololens is an interesting one. I think that's a further launch down the horizon, only because Microsoft is doing I think fairly well with Hololens in the enterprise space. It's still not consumer ready because imagine if they did actually bring hololens gaming to hololens which by the way they did have with minecraft not that it, it ever really helped sell those things it was more of a fancy demo um but keep in mind that it would be expensive would you pay seven hundred dollars or something like that for a hololens gaming setup for in your living room I'm sure there is definitely a subset of people who will, but the investment and return and developers who are going to take advantage of that, I actually think would be honestly pretty small. And wrapping up the questions this week, we have Bart. He says, this week, Microsoft announced that September 18th, Office for Android apps will no longer work on Chromebooks, instead be redirected to Office web apps. Do you think this will have implications for Office Android apps on Windows 11? Oh, that's a, that's a fun thought. I didn't think about that because as we know, Android apps are coming to Windows uh, at, at some point, Microsoft hasn't officially told us when, but they did announce it and showed us off or showed it off. So that's an interesting thing. And I wonder if they're doing that to prevent licensing issues potentially on the desktop. That is a very 
that's a that's a I didn't think of that angle, but it certainly could be an interesting one. Um, although I mean, if you're already paying for Microsoft 365, you probably already have the necessary licenses. Um, so I don't quite know where the licensing conflict potentially could come in. But I also think that Microsoft really just if you're on the desktop, they want you using a, a web app or a native app uh, and not Android apps. And then he says, if Android apps will no longer be available on Chromebook and possibly Windows 11, do you, do you expect Microsoft to make an announcement soon about Office PWAs as a replacement option? I think this is the longer horizon bet for these types of services. I absolutely think that you might be right here and onto the trail. I don't know if it'll come at Ignite. Ignite would be a place that Microsoft could announce it, and that would be a logical place for them. It's not the only time that they might announce it, but Ignite is all about productivity and IT pros, and PWAs of uh, Office Web of the Office apps would make a lot of sense, and we'll just have to keep our eyes and ears open to see what actually happens there. So. Uh, there you go, guys. That's um, That's been the wrap-up of the week. I promised a, a mild little teaser for the next week. There's going to be some personal news from my side of the coin. It should be fun uh, to talk about. But that wraps it up for this week. As always, very much appreciate everybody tuning in, subscribing. And as always, keep it subscribed to this podcast because the only BS here is me.